Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following is a message from our guest speaker. It's awesome to have fun at church. When I was a kid, I went to a a church where we were not ever allowed to smile or laugh, or it was just, you know, we were going to do things a certain way, and uh, any type of, like, laughing or smiling, it was, it was not honoring to God, and so, you know, you need to take that stuff out, outside, and I'm glad we can come to the exchange, and we can, we can have fun, yeah. amen, yeah. because I'm telling the, the Christian life is the, is the best life that you can have, and so it's full of life, it's full of reverence and honoring God, but it's also full of us, our personalities coming out and laughing and having a good time, so we're glad that you're here today. Um, I want you to get your Bibles out and turn to the book of Acts chapter 27. And if you would, stand this morning for the reading of the Word of God. Uh, Pastor Jared started a new sermon series last week called Manifested Expectations, and we're going to keep in that series. We're going to keep in that thought going forward. But uh, I came to encourage you today. I came to build you up. Part of the, the gift that I am to this church as a fivefold ministry gift is to equip you, is to build you up. And so that's what we're going to do. Is anybody okay with that this morning? Amen. So listen to this passage. It says this, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen. Everybody say, it It will will happen. happen. One more time. It It will will happen. Just as he told me, please bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we thank you for the power of your word. And Lord, we thank you for bringing us together here today. We are open. And Lord, like Pastor Jared talked about last week, we must come every time when we gather together with great expectations. And Lord, I came this morning expecting you to do something great. I know that you have a plan. I know that you have a purpose. And Lord, I know that that plan and that purpose is great. And so I am open to that, Lord God. I pray this morning that through the word, you would open our our, our minds, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Father. And we thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 You can be seated. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now, pinch him on the side and say, it will happen. Come on, tell your other neighbor, it will happen. Pastor Jared did start this new series, Manifested Expectations, and and the reason that he started it is because here's the thing. Here at The Exchange, we believe that God does have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Amen? So, So it's not like we're here. God, you know, created us and sent us here for this time just to take up space on the earth. Like, there is a purpose and a plan to your life, and it is connected to His ultimate purpose for His kingdom being manifested on this earth. And so, when Pastor Jared was talking about last week, when we start to, to think about the plans and the purposes for our family and for our church and for our nation and even for this world, we, we start to get excited and we understand that and we start to have an expectation. 
Like, wow, that's awesome. God, you have a plan for me? So I, I start to expect now, now that good things are going to happen, that, that uh, I'm going to be transformed in my, my relationships. I'm going to be transformed in my mind, that, that things are going to move forward and things are going to be established, not just in the world, but through me in this world. Amen? And you start to expect that. You start, start to expect that you're a part of the, of the kingdom. And so he talked about an expectation as a strong belief that something will happen in the future. Wow. So you come to church and the, the pastor starts speaking to you and you start to understand that, that God has created you for such a time as this. And you start to understand that you have a purpose and it starts at salvation when you accept him. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, man, there's so much out there that God has for me. And, and this expectation starts to come out and you think, man, great things are going to happen in the future. I'm expecting that, and, and each, each week as we come together as a group of believers, we, we come with expectations, wow, God, who's going to get healed this week, or who's going to have a breakthrough, or, or what's going to happen, how are we just going to fall even more in love with you in the, in the worship service, and, and getting to know you, and we have these great expectations, and Pastor Jared took it even further when he talked about manifested expectations. And so here's the thing, there's always a time between when you have expectations, when you get those expectations, and manifested expectations. There's a space between those two things. Manifest means to make reality. So there's always a, a time period that can become very frustrating when you, you know, God speaks into your life and says, you know what, like years ago I can remember God speaking to my life and, and, and God called me into vocational ministry. I knew that I was going to be doing what I'm doing right now. I knew that was going to happen and so I was excited and immediately I wanted to, you know, run to the uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium and start preaching like Bishop T.D. Jakes. So doesn't, doesn't everybody understand who I am? God has a plan for my life. And, and how many know that it took time between me having that expectation and seeing the manifested expectation? And in that time, it, the time in between is, is a period called frustration. It's hard. Like, well, you know, I didn't expect it to be like this in between me getting to the place where I have been sowing and where I enjoy the harvest, where that, that breakthrough starts to happen. And, and what, so, what happens so many times is we do get excited in those very first expectations that God has a plan for our lives, but in that process, we get discouraged, and that discouragement becomes toxic, and that, to that toxicity, it starts to now destroy our ability to expect. Well, I, you know, I can remember years ago, Pastor Jared, when, when Lisa and I pioneered a church for the first time, and I can remember when we first started, and we had 60 people show up the first Sunday in a town that had 1,000. That's, that's pretty awesome. And we were just like, we're about to have revival take over the whole world. It's going to be awesome. And I remember all of a sudden, really quickly, we jumped up to almost 100 people. Within six months, we're at 100... How, what percentage of a, is a hundred of a thousand people? I mean, we're percentage-wise, we are blowing up. We're just, this is amazing. And I remember the second year was one of the toughest years that we went through. And I remember almost losing the ability to expect something great to happen when we would show up and there would be 30. And I would be like, God, you know, I didn't, <laughs> you never told me that we were going to go from 100 to 30. 
I didn't expect it to look like this. And so as the people were coming to our services, I can remember they started to take on the same, the, the same look and the same facial expressions that the pastor did because I started to kind of get down and, and I started to lose my ability to expect. And Pastor Jared said this last week. He said, it's so important for us to expect and have that spirit of expectancy because the spirit of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. It's the breeding ground for breakthrough. It's the place when you come in expectations. He said, if you don't expect anything to happen, then nothing's going to happen. You have to come expecting, right? And so what the enemy does is he comes and he knows that, and he doesn't want you to get to the place of manifested expectations. And so what does he do? He goes in the meantime, in the, in the middle of where we're frustrated, and he pours out those frustrations and storms start to come. And all of a sudden, that starts to destroy our ability to expect. And then dreams die. They die. They fall to the wayside. And that's why I came to encourage you today like the Apostle Paul and say, guys, keep up your courage. Keep up your courage for I have faith in God that it will happen. Just like he said. See, there's a passage in the, in the book of Acts, in this story in Acts chapter 27. And really, we're going to go all the way through it. And, and you, you may find this hard to believe. Sometimes people think that pastors are these superhuman people who never struggle with anything. But this message, me studying and going in the Word, God has really ministered to me this last week. Because sometimes I struggle with expectations. Sometimes I struggle with expectancy. That's why the, the starting last year, Pastor Jared, just, I mean, last week, really, this series started, really ministered to me, and I want to keep it and, and take the baton and keep going with it. So in this passage, I want to let you know that Paul, and, and we can think about the Apostle Paul, and we think, wow, this is a guy that wrote three quarters of the New Testament. We think this is the Apostle Paul that did so many great things for the New Testament church coming out and starting this new covenant, and we celebrate his life, and it's not hard for each and every one of us to believe that God had a plan for his life, Right? It's like, yeah, yeah, Paul, he's, he's God's man on the earth with God's plan and God's voice, and he's moving these things forward. And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. But listen, you need to understand that Paul went through some stuff between the time that he got the expectations in his life to the time he saw the fulfillment of a lot of these things happen, there were some storms that happened in his life and it got ugly and it got hard. And these storms tried to destroy his ability to expect, his ability to have faith, his ability to move forward. And in Acts chapter 27, verse 9, we pick up a story in Paul's life. And listen, we started this year talking about unhindered. God's vision for our life is to be unhindered. And we finished at the end... At at the very end of this story, at the very last chapter in the book of Acts. But right before he gets in chains and he's in prison in his own house, this thing takes place and he has been arrested. He's been put in chains. He's on a ship with uh, 275 other prisoners. And so he is going to Rome to go and set before uh, Caesar and he's going to be put on trial. And let me just point out to you in this story that he's not on a cruise ship vacation. Okay, he's not on a, a Caribbean cruise. He didn't just think one day, hey, it'd be nice to go to Rome for vacation. I think I'll get on a ship and go over there. No, he is a prisoner in chains. And if that wasn't bad enough, 
a horrible storm comes up and starts attacking this boat. Have you ever been going through life and it just seems like things just keep happening? It's just like, God, I I mean, I I had faith and I felt like things were going pretty good. And I I was expecting, okay, well, now we have this one thing that happens. You know, it it just couldn't get any worse than this. And then all of a sudden the the other thing happens and you're like, man, there's just no way, God, please, please have mercy on me. You know, put up a force field of some kind because I may quit at any moment. And then, boom, another thing happens. Well, that's where Paul's at. He's in chains. Okay, he is with all these other prisoners and a horrible storm hits. And, and I think this would be a hard place to keep going. I think it would be a hard place to keep my expectancy up. Verse 9 says this, much time had been lost. Now, remember, Paul's not recording this. Okay, it's Luke. Luke is recording this, and he writes this down about this. He says, Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. Who did he warn? He warned all the people on the ship. And it's a, I want you to think about that. So Paul stands up in the middle of this, this storm that's starting, and he says, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. Verse 11, it says, But... But the centurion, now the centurion was the guy that was in charge of transporting all of these prisoners to where they needed to go, to Caesar. Okay, so he, he is in charge. And so it says the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, he followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. And I remember writing down in my Bible, in my notes, well, of course he did. Because if you're going through a storm and you're on a boat, you listen to the guy that's driving the boat and has experience, not the preacher on the boat, right? And so all of a sudden, you know, Paul stands up and he says, listen, if we keep going this way, there's going to be some destruction. Now, I want you to understand that Paul is giving advice here and he is, he's advising them to, to, to do something, but they don't listen to his advice. And, his advice. And, I, and I want you to understand that Paul just doesn't represent a preacher or a prisoner on this boat, that, that he literally represents the plans and the purposes of God moving forward. He literally represents God's voice on the earth to these guys. And so when he says, if we keep going in this direction, we're going to end up in trouble, they needed to listen because it's God warning them on his behalf through Paul. Now listen, I'm going to give you a couple of main points today, and I encourage everybody to take notes, always. Take notes. Write this stuff down. Get your phone open. Open up the notes and write down this. And if you're taking notes, write this down. When you get into the place where you're struggling with expectations, you had expectations at one time, and you want to get to manifested expectations, but you're in a storm and you're struggling, you're struggling with those expectations, number one, always steer by the Spirit and not by your senses. Take a note, write that down. Steer by your spirit, by the spirit and not by your senses. You see, it's so easy to steer by our senses. Right? When you're looking at the things that are right in front of you, when you're looking at the storm that you're going through, when you're looking at the things that are happening in your life, and how many know we're all emotional? You know, things all hurt our feelings, things that happen, we have an expectation and it's not met and it starts to, to offend us and, 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 and it's easy for us to just go, you know what, I'm just going to do what I feel. 
I'm just going to go by what I see. And that's exactly what these men did. And this is what got them in trouble. You see, in this story, God gives them a warning. He speaks to them, and the warning is ignored. And I want to tell you today, here's some wisdom. You need to know that when you ignore God's warning, you will always suffer loss. Does anybody know that to be true personally in your life? Me, I'm putting my hand up. And the reason that you suffer loss is not because of the judgment of God. He's a good, good father. He loves us. He's not condemning anybody. It's because every decision that you make has a consequence to it, good or bad. And so God, as a good, good father, will come in and he will send people to us. He will send uh, messages to us. All through. God's always speaking to us. And we need to have an ear to hear what he's saying and be steered not by what we see, but by what God says. Right? If you don't, it's going to take you down a trip that you don't want to go. Because listen, all of our lives are being steered right now by something. Right? We're being steered by something. So the question is, are you being steered like what these men were by what they saw and what they felt? Are you being steered by the voice of God? See, these guys are on this ship, and they, they have their nautical maps out, and they have their plans, and they have their experience, and all the things that they know, and they're steering by what they saw. But as Christians, we walk by faith and not by sight, right? And if you steer by your senses, you'll always end up in trouble. Let me tell you, if you send texts based upon your emotions and how you feel at that time, you're going to get in trouble. If you post something on social media based upon what you are feeling at the moment, it's going to get you in trouble, right? Listen, I can't tell you, uh, well, let me tell you something that has helped me out so much is that when I am emotional, I will put a text and then save that text in notes. And I'll wait about an hour, and sometimes I'll wait a day. I can't tell you how many texts I have deleted because I thought about it. And I allowed God to steer me instead of what I was feeling at that moment. It's because I have learned that you can't steer by your feelings. That will lead you down a path that you will regret because your feelings cannot forecast the future. Only God's Spirit can do that. So these guys, they ignore God's advice. They ignore Paul's advice. Instead of hearing God's voice above all others, they hear all others above God's voice. And, and years ago, God spoke to me and he said this, the voice that you respond to it determines the future you will experience. That's a good thing to write down. The voice that you respond to will determine the future that you experience. And so my question today is, are you being steered by your senses? Are you being steered by your ability to hear God's voice and what God is saying? In the story, we find out that Paul, he's right. God had spoken to him, and they really needed to listen to Paul. And they, they kept selling, though, and they refused to stop. And in verse 14, we'll put it up on the Sky Bible for you. It says, continues in verse 14, but before very long, a wind of hurricane force. Okay, that's, that's bad. I know tornadoes. I'm from West Texas. That's what I know. I've never been in a hurricane. I've seen them on TV. Okay, and now I moved down here where hurricanes go, and I uh, hear it's pretty bad. One of those is happening. 
called a northeastern. It swept down from the island, and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so it gave way to it, and they were driven along. This phrase is so description, descriptive. They were driven along. Everybody say that with me. They were driven, driven. along. Driven along. This describes a lot of our lives right now. Okay, things have gotten out of control. We've been frustrated so many times. Expectations haven't been met. God has given us a promise, and we want to believe, Pastor Jared, that we can get to those manifested expectations, but it seems that one thing after another has, has just come into my life. And now what happens is our lives look like this. They're just driven along, driven along, not, not by what God has said, but by what is happening, by what we see. You know, we, we have a thought of worry, and worry starts to come in, and we don't stop to think about what we're thinking about. No, we go with what we're feeling, and so we worry, and we worry, and we're driven by worry. We're just driven along. We we have a thought of, of, of rejection and it comes in and we clam up and we just go with it. And Pastor Jared, I believe with all my heart, this is one of the reasons so many Christians right now don't have expectations anymore. It's the reason that so many Christians can come to church on Sunday morning but don't ever expect God to do anything. It's because we hear all of these other voices and we see all of these other things going on and we're focused on them instead of hearing the word of the Lord in the middle of the storm and what's happening in our lives and we have to come to a point where we are stopped just dr being driven along where people can't look at our lives and go man there's no rhyme or reason whatever comes their way there's just going to be pushed that way and they're going to be driven by whatever comes by the feelings and emotions of fear by the thoughts of anxiety that just keep us up at night many of us are not sleeping well right now there's just worry and you think about what you know this thought and anxiety comes in and and my, my daughter Kinsey has been struggling with this this year where where she, you know, is just, Dad, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and I don't know if I'm able to do what they're asking me to do on this test, and I don't know if I can do what my coach is expecting me to do. And she sets up, and she, the, it just turns over and over and over. And when, we, when I go to a, one of the school functions or I go to one of the athletic events, I don't even recognize, recognize my daughter. Because she's just being driven along. She's being tossed to and fro by all of these anxieties and, and worries. And I came here to tell you today that that was, God's, that was never God's plan for your life. That's, that may describe where you're at right now, and, and, and we need to come to a place of truth where we say, yeah, that, that's, don't live in denial. You know, if that's where you're at, you need to own up and say, yeah, that's where I'm at. And the moment that you accept that's where you're at, now we can move somewhere. Now we can change some things. We're driven along, and it becomes to the place where we can't even function correctly anymore. You can't give yourselves fully to the people that trust in you and lean on you, and you love them. You're, you're, you're so worried. What, what if something happens to them, or what if something happens to me, and, and worry just drives you? You're never really anchored to anything. You're just driven along. You don't have expectations from God about God anymore because all the expectations that you had in the seasons before just a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, they were just expectations that something bad was going to happen. And so what you did is you took all the expectations and you threw them overboard. That's your life. You're just driven along. You're, you're tossed true and, and fro, and this is not God's plan for your life. You have settled for less 
than what God has for you and, and your family. And the enemy loves it. It's his plan. He doesn't want you to get to manifested expectations. He doesn't want God's promises to come to reality. And so in the middle of the, you know, Hebrews says this, you have need of endurance that once you have done the will of God, you may obtain the promise. He doesn't say you need the ability to do the will of God. Doing the will of God is really not that hard, guys. It's just being obedient one time to one simple thing that God says. Once you have done the will of God, there is a period between you doing that and you obtaining the promise. And God says, pray for endurance, that you won't fail, that you won't quit, that you won't be driven along, that you'll stay focused. And the scripture says these men were just driven along. We'll pick up in verse 16. It says, and we passed to the lee of a small island called Keda, where we hardly were able to make a lifeboat secure. So everything is unstable. That's how your life may feel right now. Just everything's unstable, pastor. And it says this, so the men hoisted it aboard and they passed ropes under the ship to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground the sandbars of uh, Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor to let the ship be driven along. So there it is again, driven along. We think we've come to the point where, you know, nothing else can go any more wrong, you know, and the situation now can become our control again. But listen to this. In verse 18, it says, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began now to throw cargo overboard. Now they're wasting supplies. Now they're so driven along, they're, they're wasting money all in an effort to lighten the ship so that somehow, some way, they'll stay afloat and they won't die And 19 says this, on the third day, how many days? Three days. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And and, and to me, verse 20 is a very poignant uh, in in describing the fear's ultimate goals in our lives. If we let these things go unchecked in our lives, eventually it's going to come to what verse 20 says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storms continued raging, we finally gave up all hope. So one thing after another. I remember, guys, pioneering a church is hard. Okay? It's exciting at first. And and then you get past that first year, and you get in that second year and that third year, and I'm telling you, things don't look like that you expected them to look. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, some people start to jump ship. Some people just start to say, man... There's nothing, it it seems like nothing's even guiding us. It seems like we can't even see the dreams. We can't even see the stars. Like, like, where are we even at? I mean, this is so bad. And it says they gave up all hope. So now they've gone from despair to depression. You know, they say the clinical definition of depression, listen to this. If you study people who are truly depressed is that they have given up hope they will ever feel any different than the way they do right now. That's depression. All hope. There's no hope. I will never feel any different than I do right now. You've given up hope and that things will never be any different than this. I remember going through that. You know, at the church that we started eight years ago, we went through that, that situation where we went... <laughs> I thought it was going to be different than this. And I thought it was going to look, you know, you may be in your marriage right now being thinking, man, I thought, you know, she was going to be different and I didn't think it was going to look like this. And it's just been one unmet expectation after another till you've given, you've gotten to the point where you're about to give up hope because you are believing 
you are depressed, it will never get any different than this. If this is it, I'm done. Giving up all hope. It was the the one thing when we could keep going and, and, you know, Pastor, we could kind of see the stars and we could kind of see some hope, but the storm happened so hard, we finally have lost all hope of being saved. But here's the thing. The author of this book, I told you, is not Paul. It's Luke, all right? And he's recording it. And he writes down, and we finally one day gave up all hope. And I wonder if Paul read what Luke wrote and went, what, what do you mean we? What do you mean we gave up all hope? I, I never gave up. Luke, you might have given up all hope, but, but I never gave up all hope because in verse 21, Paul speaks up, and it says, after they have gone a long while without food, Paul stood up in this desperate situation. The, 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 the uh, expectations have been thrown overboard. Everybody's given up all hope. He says, uh, he says uh, and, and he says, men, you should have taken my advice. Sounds like my wife. You should have taken my, I told you so. He, I don't know, Paul had to get his little thing in there, right? I told you so. He says, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Then you would, would have spared your life, your, uh, yourselves this damage and loss. But now, everybody say, but now. I am going to talk about living in the now. Now. We need to live in the now. Listen, we can't change what has happened. We can't change uh, the things that have taken place up to this point. We can't change the situations. We can't even change the storms that are going on right now. We have no control over those things, right? But we have to live in the now. I love these two words, but now. And I want to take a moment to talk about this because it's one thing to believe. Because think about what we just talked about. It's one thing to believe that God will get you out of the storm if God's the one that puts you in the storm. But God told them, don't go this way. And they didn't listen to God. They put themselves in the situation that they were in. So a lot of people get to this place where we're like, man, God even warned me, Pastor, where my marriage was going. God even warned me where my finances were going. Or God even warned us where we would get to as far as relationally and the things that we're going through right now. He warned me. I didn't heed his words. And I was, I was stubborn, and I did what I wanted to do. And now there just can't be any hope. Because it's easy for us to, to go, well, if, if God took me to the lion's den, he's going to shut the mouth of the lions. That's what, that's God's, what, what he's going to do. He will deliver us. I mean, we can, we can, we can believe that. It, it's one thing to believe if God brought us to this storm, then God's going to get us out. But what if it's our fault that we're in the storm? Right? What if, what if you lost your job because you're lazy and you know it? You know you could have done more to keep that job, and you got fired. What if it's your fault that you're in the situation? What then? Can God do something then? I don't think a lot of us Christians believe that he will. Because we have an old covenant mindset based upon our actions. And so we think, if I got myself into this, then i got to get myself out of this. He, he didn't bring me to this storm, Pastor. He didn't bring me to this situation that I'm at. What happens if it's I am the reason that I got myself into this? You would be surprised at how much of our fears, how much of our throwing out our expectations are based upon one word, regret. 
We, we have no hope because we just regret. I mean, it, 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 it's my fault, Pastor. It's, I'm the one that did it. That's something that I did, or that's something that I didn't do, and now it's catching up with me. And so now I'm out there just like those guys who didn't listen to God, and they put themselves in the storm. And Paul, the voice of God, stands up, and he doesn't chastise them, and he doesn't say, you know what? He's bringing down lightning bolts on you guys because you're a bunch of kids that don't listen, and you're going to be smacked in the mouth. That's not what he says. He says, but now. Everybody say, but now. But now. Everybody say, but now. If I had time, I would take the rest of the day to talk about living in the now and how the book of Hebrews tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So when you can't see the stars and you've lost all hope and it's even your fault that you're in the situation that you're in, God says, but now. Yeah, there's some things that you could have done differently. Yeah, there's some contributions that you made to this current conflict, but we are not going to waste any more time talking about the past or worried about things that we didn't do. We got to stand up in the middle of that situation, raise up our expectations again and say, but now I'm drawing a line in the sand. Come on, say, somebody say now. Because yeah. you can't change the past, but you can live in the now. And to be able to do that, we have to look at the very next thing he says, verse 22, but now I urge you to keep up your courage, and this is point number two. If you're taking notes, write this down. Fix your focus and keep up your courage. Now, what do we do now? Where we're at now, we fix our focus and we keep up our courage. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it up. Come on, say, keep it up. Let's read it again. He says, keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost but the ship will be destroyed. He stands up and he goes, we got good news and we got some bad news. Okay? The bad news is it ain't looking good for the boat. But keep up your courage because we're going to make it. Come on. God's still God in the valley. God's still God in the storm. Why? Why, Paul? Why should we listen to you? Because God told me so. He told me so, verse 23, last night, an angel of God to whom I belong. He stands up and he says, I know who I am and I know whose I am and God is with us and he spoke to me and he stood beside me and he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. In other words, I'm not focused, guys, on all this turmoil. I'm not focused on the ship going down. I'm not focused on that we've been in a hurricane for three days days and it doesn't look any better. I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on the future that God has promised me. I'm keeping my courage up. I'm keeping my expectations up. Come on, somebody. I'm living in the now. Verse 25. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God. This is awesome. Okay, he's going through the same thing that everybody else is going through. The same storm, the same situations, even worse. He is in this situation because he obeyed God. They're in this situation because they disobeyed God. And he says, it will happen just as God told me. He said, the ship is going down, but keep your courage up. Because we're not going to die. How do you keep your courage up when the ship is going down? 
It's the essence of faith. You have to learn how to separate your courage from your condition. Let me say that again. You got to learn to separate your courage from the condition that you're in. You see, if your courage is tied to your conditions, when your bank account goes down, your courage goes down. If your courage is tied to your conditions, when that certain relationship that you have counted on and they said they would love you till death do you part, and all of a sudden they're, they're out and they're like, I don't love you anymore, and that relationship is going down, guess what? If your courage is tied to that, your courage, your courage is the ability for you to have expectations still. And if it's tied to the situation and the circumstance and the condition that you're in, you will go down. So how do you keep up your courage? Apparently, even when my conditions are outside of my control, my courage is never outside of my control. You are a son of the king. You're not a nobody. You are a somebody with power and might. Come on, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of and and what? A sound mind. Even, even if you cannot control and change your situation, you can control this. You have a sound mind. Your courage is under your control. Paul didn't say, God's going to keep your courage up, guys. Let's pray. God's going to keep up our courage. Come on, God, keep up our courage. That's not what he says. He says, God gave you the courage. This is what God says. When you pray for courage, God says, I gave it to you. Now keep it up. You keep up the courage. You need to feed it. Stop feeding your fears and stop worrying and thinking about all these thoughts and, and eating on all these lives, but, these lies because it's been eating you alive. And you have been surveying all your conditions and you're thinking about, oh my goodness, and one day after another, and it just gets worse and worse. Stop focusing on what you're going through right now. I, he says, I'm looking towards to my future. I'm not looking back at what's happened. I'm looking ahead what God has promised me. And he was here and he spoke to me. And Pastor Jared, I'm telling you, what he has promised us, it will happen. It will happen. It will take place. We always want God to stop the storms, don't we? But does he do it most of the time? No. What God wants us to do is stop worrying about the stinking storm and start fixing our focus in the middle of the storm. It's what he did with Peter. I mean, think about Peter. Jesus, if that's you, call out to me. Jesus says, Peter, come. What does Peter do? He walks on water. Now, there's a storm going on. Let me ask you this. If there hadn't been a storm, would it have been any easier for Peter to walk on water. It's a beautiful day. Jesus is walking on the water, crystal clear, and he's like, oh, Jesus, I see you all the way. I'm going to do a miracle. I'm gonna, would it been, have been any easier? No, it's hard to walk on water. That's a miracle, right? So listen, the point of that, it's not about the conditions. If it was a pretty day or it was a bad day, it would have still been hard for him to walk on water. He needed to fix his focus, not on the water, not on the storm, but on Jesus. And that's how you keep your courage up. You see, fear is powered by your focus. If you take the focus away from your fear and you put the focus on your faith, faith is always powered by focus. So you don't need God to stop the storm that you're going through to keep your courage up, amen? You don't need God to fix the ship so that you can have 
have your courage up. You just need to fix your eyes, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. Come on, somebody. You need to fix your eyes on the one who the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He went through it all so that he could show you how you have to go through it. Amen? That's how you get your expectations back when they start dwindling. Because, Pastor Jared, you're so right. We need to come every Sunday expecting God to do the miraculous. We need to wake up every day and say, God, I know I'm in the middle of a storm, and it's been lasting for three days, hurricane winds, and it seems like the hits just keep coming. But I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on you. What miraculous thing is going to happen through my life today? Expectations. The reason all of the sailors were so scared is because they were trusting in the boat. Their faith was in the boat to get them to the other side. And Paul is saying, you know, it's funny. I like the boat. I prefer the boat. It's better than doggy paddling all the way across to the, the piece of land that we see. But, but my faith is not in the boat. The one thing that I know is my faith in is God. And God, my, hand, my life is in God's Hands, my trust is in him. That was Paul's attitude. My life, my faith, my hope, my expectations, everything is not in my circumstance. It's not in the boat. It's not in the fact that maybe the, the, the hurricane will stop. My hope is in my God. And he didn't promise me that he would save the boat. That was never part of the promise. He never promised me that I wouldn't hurt sometimes and that I would never cry. He didn't promise me that I would never hurt, but he did say when you do hurt, you have somebody to lean on. He said that when you are struggling, you can lift your eyes to the hill where your help comes from. My hope is not in the boat. If the boat goes down, sometimes that happens. My faith is in God. See, the boat might break. I remember years ago, years and years ago, I was a dumb, young pastor, my first church to ever pastor. And boy, I came into that church with both guns a-blazing, and nobody was going to tell me what to do. And I knew everything, and I just went in there, and there was a, uh, a group of, of leaders in that church. And, and I mean, I just stepped on all their toes and pretty much told them that they were all dumb, and I was smart, and God speaks to me and not to them. And, uh, man, they had a lot of grace, grace and patience for me. And, uh, and I grew in that experience. But in that first year, I wasn't listening to God. I didn't do what God told me to do. And I had great expectations for what this, our first church was going to do. It was an established church. And I was just coming in. They voted me into this church. And, and, uh, and I made some decisions in that first year that, it, it, it really hurt and offended two men really bad. And it was me. I did it. I'll, I'll tell you, I did it. Well, we caught momentum, though. And all of a sudden, our church started growing and exploding. And God was doing some amazing things. And, and I, I can remember calling Bishop Jamie and telling him, man, God did this. And God healed this person. And, and we're doing discipleship. And, man, we had uh, 13 people saved this one night. And now they're plugged in. And, I mean, he was just like, man, this is awesome. And then one day I, get a, I go into a meeting. And I was ambushed. And right in the middle of God doing this great thing, these guys say, they found a loophole in the law, the government of the church. And they said, uh, 
we're giving you a, about five days, and we're going to fire you. And I went in, and I had all these plans. I was like, this? Wow. And they were so focused on what I had done, and I did it. Boy, I did it. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if, in that, if I was in their situation, you know? And here it comes, and, and I thought it was a joke at first. And then a, a day it set in, and two days it, it really set in, and I called Bishop Jamie, and I said, man, this whole thing that God's doing is about to be stopped immediately. And I go, not only that, they're going to fire me. And I'm not going to have a job. And I'm not going to have any financial security. And I remember, you see, a lot of times when we get into situations, we start to think, well, just, just be a person that thinks only good thoughts. You know, you know uh, the stuff that comes to you, all those storms, you just stand up in the middle, you just bind those things in the name of Jesus. Because the worst that could happen, it won't happen if you have great faith. Just don't think about those things. Because you just stand up. And I remember, I, remember I, I told Bishop Jamie, I said, they're going to fire me, man, and I don't have any backup plan. And I don't know what to do. And I remember that day, he gave me one of the greatest gifts he's ever given me, and it's the gift of perspective. And I was expecting him to say, well, bless God, we're about to get the prayer warriors together and we're going to bring down this stronghold of these men that are trying to control what God wants to do and we're going to drive that thing in and you're about to see a miracle. I, that's what I wanted Bishop Jamie to say. And instead, this is what he said. He goes, uh, Kevin, what if they do fire you? That might happen this next week. What if? <laughs> I was, I remember on the phone thinking, I wish I wouldn't have called him. <laughs> this is, I, I, I need help. I don't need to go deeper down the wormhole of depression. He goes, what if, what if, and I go, that will be the hardest thing I've ever, I've ever been through in my life. I don't know. And he says, what if they do fire you and you don't have a job and that church completely splits? Will God still take care of you? And I stopped and I said, yeah. If the thing that I feared the most happened, God would, because God's still there. He's still the God of the valley. He's still God when the boat breaks, when the boat sinks. Later on in the story, he ends up making it through. They make it to land. He goes over, and they're throwing a party. We made it. He goes, and they're like, let's make a bonfire. He goes and gets some more wood to put in the fire. You know, the very next thing after the breakthrough happens, he gets bit by a poisonous snake. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you just think, the hits keep coming for this guy. The worst things that he could have probably thought in his mind could happen, they did. And God was still there. God was still there. I'm telling you, whatever you're going through right now, God's never going to leave you or forsake you. You know, we started out this, this passage today, and we read the very first scripture where he says, and I encourage you with it. Keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen. And when we think about that, we get excited and we say, yeah, pastor, that's right. The manifested expectation, we will get to the other side. But what if it happens? The thing that you feared about the most.
God will still be there. If the thing that you feared the most happens, God will still be there when the boat breaks. So keep your courage up. And in verse 41, just like Paul predicted, the ship, let's read it, the sky Bible, the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground and the boat stuck fast and would not move and the stern was broken in pieces, pounding on the surf. So the pounding just keeps coming. Paul keeps staying focused, doesn't he? He's not focused on the storm. He's focused on his purpose. And in verse 42, the soldier plan, <laughs> the soldier's plan to kill the prisoners. Is Paul one of the prisoners? Yep. They, they decide this is how they're going to fix everything. They're going to they're going to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. I, I mean, I read this story, Jay, and I feel sorry for Paul. I'm like, man, he stood up where God wanted him to, and it happened just like they said. And and instead of going, wow, he saved us. Wow, he kept us from de destruction all the way and us dying. They go, hey, let's get together and let's kill Paul. But listen to this. When the enemy has a plan to take you out, God has a plan to keep you in. The Bible says the centurion made the decision, the guy that was in charge, he made a decision, no, 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 don't kill Paul. They're his life. And, and he kept them. Do you know how many things that God has kept from happening in your life? You're so focused on the storm that you're going through that you have no idea how many things that God has stopped. And here we see it, right here. How many times has he stepped in in your life and intervened? How many times have you left your phone at home on accident and you get mad because you have to go back from home and, and, and be late and you have no idea that you missed a car wreck? You know, we, we focus so much on all the bad one more thing happened. I can't take one more thing. You have no, you have no idea how many times God has kept you. Stop the thing from, he has intervened upon your behalf. It's right here. Paul may have not even realized what was going on. And it says this, he kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to the land. Verse 44, the rest were to get there on planks on their pieces of ship. You see, you're going to make it. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say, but it may not be the way that you imagined. See, the Bible says in this way, everyone reached the land safely. But my last point is this. It may not happen the way that you wanted it to. Guys, the breakthrough, when we get to the manifested expectation, the, the road to get there may not be the most comfortable road. It's probably not going to be the most convenient way. It's not going to be the way that you planned it. But listen, your faith cannot believe, cannot be in how it's going to happen. Just that it is going to happen. Right? Your faith can't be in, well, I think it's going to do this and this and this because that's how you get those expectations back low again because those expectations aren't met and now you want to quit again. I don't know how, I don't know when, But Paul knew God was going to bring him through, and so he grabs a hold of one of these broken boards of the boat, and they make it to the other side. It might, you, you need to understand this morning, you might have to go through some inconveniences. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to make it.
I'm gonna ask everybody to stand your feet this morning. I really believe that this is a now, a now word for us as the exchange. And I don't just mean that corporately this morning, but I believe personally uh, this message describes a lot of the turmoil that's going in your life. The, you thought, man, I didn't think it was going to look like this. I didn't think my job was going to turn out like this. I prayed and God gave me a job and now I get there and my boss is a jerk. Some, some of you, you know, when I said you're not sleeping at night, you knew, man, that, that's me. I just, just turmoil, Pastor. My life is tossed to and fro. I'm, it seems like I'm not being led. I'm being driven. I'm being driven by fears. I'm being driven by anxiety. And Pastor, I want, I want manifested expectations. but I live in depression. It's a, it's a good description of my life right now. I, I don't think it could ever change from where I am right now. The good news is that you came here today and it was a part of God's plan because he's not going to leave you to sink. He's going to continue throwing out those life rafts. Why? So he can prove to everybody he is awesome. It's not based on that. He gave everything. The Bible says that he so loved, so loved the world that he gave it all. I'm going to ask everybody just to bow your head and, and close your eyes just so you can concentrate. Holy Spirit, I, I pray right now. minister to our hearts. Father, I thank you this morning that you have given us the ability to keep up our faith, to keep up our courage, to keep up our expectations. I pray right now that you would minister to the one that has given up all hope, that has thrown their expectations overboard. I pray right now name of Jesus just like when we read about in the Bible when the blind couldn't see and they were prayed for and now they can see I pray that each and every one of us would have eyes to see that you've never left us although the boat has broken although the relationship may be in turmoil circumstances, the situations, the list goes on and on of these things that we're in that we know that you are in us. And if you're in us, we can do all things. If you're in us, we can keep up our courage and we know that we're going to make it. And so I speak to your people this morning, keep up your courage because I have faith that it will happen just like he said it would. You will reach the expectation, the reality of the manifested expectations. They are going to happen. Rise up. Rise up this morning in the name of Jesus. I speak to you this morning. Rise up this morning. Don't quit. 
Don't quit that relationship. Don't quit that job. Don't quit this church. Don't quit what God is doing. And I know it's been uncomfortable. And I know it's been uneasy. And I know it seems like things are sinking. And I know it's so easy to focus on this stuff. But we can fix our focus right now on the one who is in control, on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is everything. He's above only and not beneath. He is everything. All powerful. Almighty. All loving. He is grace. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He's everything that we need. And He wants to manifest His life in us this morning. So in response to that prayer, Lord God, we just receive that. Come on, everybody. If you could just receive that this morning, just with your eyes closed so you can focus. Can you just put your hands out? Just put your hands out and say, yes, Lord, I receive that. I receive that. I'm, I'm, I'm not just a conqueror. I'm not just somebody that overcomes. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm Hooper Nikao. This is who I am. I'm not going to quit. I will continue in the name of Jesus. I received that word this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. I fix my focus and I'm keeping my courage up in the mighty name of Jesus. You gave it all and I'm not going to stop short of giving my all right now. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you that you love us and we declare that you are a good, good father. We ask all these things this morning said amen. Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to the Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com Look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.